Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. As part of my management training with a subsidiary in Tabards, I'm doing commercial exploitation. Well, I do work in the village shop for a 95 for a packet of obnobs. Anyway, Dumpty Dum, the documentary they make about me, is looking for a nice new sponsor. 35,000 listeners around the world, heritage English brand and as many tabards as you can eat. If you're interested, you can direct message Dumpty Dum on the Twitters. Thank you. This is Dumby Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the boss of beauty, that is Royfield Brown, and with you have the maggoty windfall, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our single variety cider is you, folks. Now, today's Dumby Dum as a reprise of last week's uh, drum and bass special. It was very noisy. It made me feel very old. I didn't like it. Well, it took me back to 1992, big styly. <laughs> did I ever tell you I used to be a DJ? Yes. Oh, shut up. Don't say it like that. Well, you did. When? Oh, loads of times. You've done everything. There isn't anything. You've probably got a bloody helicopter pilot license. I don't know. <laughs> How do you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I stopped. I kind of used to DJ in the early days of house music. And when all that happy hardcore became kind of drum and bass and, well, jungle before it was drum and bass, oof, bored the bejesus out of me. And it was just rubbish. Remember that Charlie Says song? Yeah, I love that. Charlie Says, always Charlie. I was working at the Swan at Lamport. Yeah. I was working at the Swan and Lamport when that came on, and I was a waitress. And we had a chef called Jody, and he used to wear trainers in the kitchen. And there was so much fat in the kitchen because mm. all we did was deep fry everything that mm. you could skate from one end of the kitchen to the other <laughs> on this layer of fat. It was like hoverboarding, 90s hoverboarding. And um, and he used to dance all around the kitchen to that. We all did, skating around on this layer of fat. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it was nice in that that kind of remind you of that it was definitely a period piece so well done to you mister for doing it back then in 1990 whatever and then putting it on a cassette tape finding the cassette tape digitizing it uploading it to soundcloud they're not <laughs> downloading no, it. <laughs> <the first time. laughs> 
Well done, sir. That's the whole weekend doing that. That's what he was thinking. Anyway. Awesome. Now, Lucy, somebody else wants to do some kind of musical mashup or maybe just sing on their own. Uh, a dum-de-dum. How can they do that? If you'd like to sing us a dumpty dum, leave us a plot prediction or get caught scrumping. Then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on Speakpipe. Uh, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Derek Thrower in the back bedroom, to Shambridges for her amazing contribution last yeah, week. And she was lovely. I tell you what, Luce, I feel I can just kick my feet up and just edit this. You pair were lovely. <laughs> well, you're two kind of nice middle class women together, aren't you? Y- yes. Like Mel and Sue, is that what you mean? Well, neither one of you is, is gay. No. Mm. Yet. <laughs> uh, yes, Derek, uh, thank you to Derek. Derek and Fat Paul have taken up bowls mm. for exercise, apparently. It was all going very well until Derek misunderstood Auntie Cardboard's shout of Jack High for an instruction. Anyway. I don't understand that. No, that's all right. Don't worry about it. All right, then. Smashing. Um... I am much more happy than I was last week. Why? Um, because I know the world's bur- burning around us. Yeah. And I've just embraced it. Have you? Yeah. You've embraced the chaos. You're now the Lord of Misrule like Kenton last year. <laughs> well, no. But I just think, you know what? So we're having this massive right wood lurch all throughout the Western world. Racists are bearing their ugly heads again. Uh, minorities are getting lambasted. Nobody likes anybody. You know what? Fuck it. We've got the archers. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's an oasis of pleasantness. However, I have you discerned You know, we could put that something. on a dumpty dumpty towel. Fuck it, we've always got the archers. How about that? <laughs> Well, seriously, I'm doing all this politics stuff and I'm just running out of energy. However, uh, there is something malevolent that I've discovered, even more evil than Rob in The Archers. And I will expand upon that later, Lucy. Okay. Mm. On this week's episode, we have calls from Claire, who's loving Linda, Chris, who's shouting fight, Claire, who thinks Kat needs a new start, Glenn, who thinks The Archers need some community spirit. Ah. That's kind of liberal talk, Glenn. Screw community spirit. Let's have hate and anger. Hate, anger and bile. (laughs) That's all we need. And Ellen, who doesn't know why Anisha is surprised. But first, before all of that, it's Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. We began the week with everyone's favourite chocolate teapot, Kate Aldridge, updating Linda on the progress she's made with the village show. <laughs> it's all going very well, Linda. I've annoyed everyone I spoke to who wasn't already annoyed by Alice, and they've all said they won't do it. But does this put Linda off? Does that mean that just for once we have received a reprieve from whispered conversations backstage, someone threatening to walk out the night before, not hearing anything from Robert Snell and Tony apart from some offstage banging, and Linda's inevitable meltdown that she recovered? covers from when someone unlikely gives her a heart to heart have we hell (laughs) linda has annoyingly taken this as a challenge and is galloping around the village trying to coerce people into doing the damn thing so she got hold of lillian who is shaving her tash in the sauna at gray gables then she persuaded (laughs) crusty to play a character called colin which seems odd and susan has to combine authority and glamour as the queen, which will allow her to wear a tabard a rope of pearls and a pair of jack boots toby is priscilla and all he has to do is honk, which is fine, as that's all any of us can hear when he talks anyway. And Lillian mm-hmm. is going to be a fairy godmother, waving her wand around, hiccuping and urging people to drink from the magic bottle, darling. Lucky, lucky Clary gets to celebrate her anniversary with a Thanksgiving meal cooked by Clary and served by Clary, featuring a turkey Clary has fed, raised, killed, plucked and cooked. She'll love it, said Eddie, with that unconvincing surge of enthusiasm that always ends with him saying, Oh, but Clary, love... Roy had a disastrous second date with Gemma, who said he wasn't her type. She doesn't like whiny pessimists, apparently. Uh, Linda persuaded him to be in the Christmas show by saying he was just as likely to meet the woman of his dreams there. How? The entire cast is made up of women he already knows. His ex-wife is the co-director, his other director is his receptionist, and his co-star is his housemate. So where exactly are this bevy of suitable young ladies going to come from? 
unless mm. he likes men dressed up as geese, which is looking increasingly likely as his desperation increases. I should keep your, your Velcro opening done up, Toby. Mm. Home Farm had a party for some farmers with the theme of worms. There was no pleasing Brian, however, who does not want to see his key worker talking to worms. He wants to see him nuking everything with chemicals until it all glows in the dark. Pip did her talk to the farmer, <laughs> and so she went even slower than normal. Adam made the farmers then come with him so he could show them the hole that he had dug. And I have dug an even bigger one on the other side, he said proudly. And I can do a handstand also. Look, my future depends entirely on gin, said Toby. This is the only thing Toby's ever said that I can fully get behind. Do you know, listeners, I had no idea it was so simple to make a premium spirit. Apparently, all you need is half an hour, a bucket, some sugar, water, a handful of herbs, and people are falling over themselves to give you money. You don't need to sterilise anything or get any sort of licence or have read a book about it or done any research or have a thermometer or anything. You don't even need to be someone who even likes gin very much. It is <laughs> ideal. <laughs> I wonder what other things that sound really complicated are actually that easy to make. I'm going to try plutonium. It is such a good stocking present. Kenton and Jolene went away for their anniversary to a spa hotel, which Kenton described as gay grables with knobs on or knobs in. Anyway, Linda told a grieving widow that she really missed her husband as he was the only grown man idiot enough to not mind being forced into an ill-fitting crinoline and go pissing about on the village hall stage making crappy jokes about geese. Yes, I miss him too, the massive moron, said Elizabeth fondly. Alistair took his terrifyingly competent sidekick to meet Bartleby and she felt him up. Bartleby, <laughs> Joe. But she might find Alistair later, who knows? She is going to put Bartleby on some vampire treatment where they take his blood out and put it in a hot water bottle and then they spin it in a magic mix and then they put it back into Bartleby. I'm sorry if that's too technical for you, but I find it hard to dumb down. Shula mm. described Cocky Locky to a thunderstruck Elizabeth as friendly, attentive, and listened to my problems. That is not a lover, that is a hairdresser. Bit more off the back, <laughs> Shula, laugh. Anyway. Elizabeth is now thinking twice about taking things to the next level with Richard as it would be a bit like wearing Shula's old shoes. A bit sloppy and you probably couldn't get rid of the smell. Poor old Giddy Jack is rebelling at the time he has to spend with his psychotic father by screaming the tea room down every chance he gets. But if I had to spend an hour on a Monday morning trapped in the renovated cow shed listening to the ink spots while Titchy Knob's terrifying face loomed above me and Fallon bounced scones off the fridge door to see how stale they were, I'd cry too. Aww. The grunties went scrumping in the Snell's orchard in true cheeky chappy working class fashion. They got nicked by Linda and as a punishment were forced to be in the play. Maybe that is the ideal recruitment technique. Linda needs a cast, prisons are overcrowded, so use the Christmas play instead. We could have Matt Crawford as Mother Goose, Kaz as Principal Boy, Clive Horribin as Princess Angelina and Zane as an Oompa Loompa. The end. Oh, I love that this week. Awesome. Oh. There are lots oh. of very sentences not a lot of breathing spaces in i realized halfway through as i was reaching for my oxygen tent <gasps> <laughs> well probably that type of week wasn't it really That's that really. needed lots of long words yes considering not a lot happened there was quite a lot to say Don't know how well mm, i feel there's like proper storm clouds uh a brewing and this really goes back to the week before last but you know we've been talking ad nauseum more me than you to be fair about how i just didn't really understand how justin could give rob yeah. that job yeah. we, we now know why don't we do we what why um week before last friday yeah actually justin is the big shit i'm gonna give rob um not the benefit of the doubt or not even his due but rob has got deep psychological problems um, and Rob does not, Rob cannot form any level of empathy with other people. As yeah. you've rightly said, it's all about oh, control. But just, but you mean Justin's actually made a conscious choice to exploit that? Absolutely. And yeah. that's what he saw in Charlie. Not that Charlie was some mad rapist by any stretch of the imagination, but Charlie is was a loner. And actually yeah. what Justin wants are loners to be bastards, to do the dirty work, people that don't really readily form friendships with anybody, completely at his beck and call, who he treats like shite. And yeah. Whatever. And really, he is Emperor Palpatine, and basically Ooh. he has Darth Vader 
doing his bidding in the village. That's exactly what Charlie was. So hence... Good um, I am your father. <sighs> yes, like exactly. that. Exactly. It's exactly that. So then you had... Um, that line about being able to call on you at, of an evening on a Friday. Because, yeah. and that's the reason. Because you're and, a sad fucker with no life, that's why. Exactly. You are completely yeah. at my beck and call. There is, you have no other attachments, no other relationships mm-hmm. to anybody other than me. So there yeah. was us going, but why isn't Justin asking this? Why isn't Justin asking that? In, in terms of how. Justin doesn't care. Justin does. Actually, Justin does care. Just, and the whole reason why. Justin recommended uh, that he went to Amside for a flat was to test the water. He wanted it to get an absolute no. That was the whole point of it. Justin's just saying, hmm, let's just see how hated this man is. And he, had, and he absolutely knew what the answer would be. Justin is an evil git. Oh, <gasps> we've got a new baddie, folks. I hadn't realised any of that. You know, and it goes back to that whole kind of wicker man so thing. The, the way Darth he Vader came with Darth no, he, Vader no, no, with no, elbow his, pads, basically. No, he's Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine with elbow you know, pads. Yeah, and Darth Vader does the bidding of the evil emperor. Oh. So, so the whole point is, is that Rob can take all the heat. And yeah. Justin can go, oh, but I'm sponsoring this and I'm sponsoring that. Mm. Oh, oh, has he been a little bit brusque enough with you? I'll have a little oh, word with him. Yeah, blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, Yeah. Significant, easy cover wow. for Justin. Yes. Cool. Cool well, indeed. He's, got, he's, he's not going to be able to stand up for him when, when Rob nicks Giddy Jack and makes a run for the border, though, is he? Mm. On Christmas Eve. Well, soapy, tropey nonsense. Yeah, and he's found in a stable. With the little baby. <laughs> <laughs> so there were a few things that happened last week. I reckon that we might even have a return of uh, Lucy and Roy. Because, really? Yeah, because well, Roy had this disastrous date, didn't he? Mm. And I got a sneak. That woman feeling, who said, "No, you're not my type." Mm, you're just boring, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, you know, Lucy likes a boring Roy, doesn't she? Mm. Yes, mm. she did. Well, she sounded as dull as he did. So, Atna, she did. So I can see I in a couple of weeks. Back, hmm? I still think Hayley's coming back, though. I still think Hayley's coming back. Well, yeah. I hope so. I want Hayley to come back. But just whilst I'm on a bit of a roll about mm. plotting things. Yes. You know, Kirsty's properly pregnant, don't you? Well, she's taken a while. She clearly hasn't got one of those period apps like everyone else has. It's <laughs> taken her a while to figure it out. She's missed two. But you, I love that. Do you remember your text? You said, she is definitely, no, I know this, Lucy, she is definitely pregnant. And I said, oh, my God. I thought, who's who's he been talking to? How does he know? I said, really, really? Yep, absolutely. And then he goes here and she comes here and she misses him. And and you gave me this whole thing Mm. all on text. And I was thinking, bloody hell, who's telling him this? And then you said, I just know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my brain's telling me. And I said, oh, for God's sake. My brain, my brain is telling me that's who. Right. And and as I've said before, but I'd kind of forgotten, that utter clincher is this whole Nuffield thing. Why why is he going away? Why? Got another job? Well, it's not another job, is it? But the whole point is to create... Has he? No. Has he? He's only just just come into the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So the whole point is to create the tension when she turns around and says, I'm up the duff. Yeah. That's it. I think you'll find that up the clangor is the correct dumpty-dum terminology. Really? Huh? Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Where will I find a lexicon of terms? In my head. Right. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Same place that you find your... I definitely know this for absolute truth. Well, it is Who the told truth. you, Royfield? In my brain. I tell you what, every now and then, it's good to have a week off of Dumpty Dum because you pause for thought. Yes. And, you know, streams of, like, verbiage that come out of characters' mouth make sense on another level when you don't oh. have to kind of pontificate on stuff on a week-by-week basis. You go, ha, 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 ha. Now <laughs> I figured this and that out. Ha, 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 ha. So, <laughs> but it's because I'm just going off politics anyway. 
Yes. Yeah, the fascists have just won, Lucy. No, they haven't. It is. There's still Radio 4 and there's still continuity (laughs) and there's still Ambridge and there's still Alan Bennett and there's still people who like Victoria Wood and there's... Even she died on us in 2016. What a horrible year this has been. There's still harvest festivals where people bring in cans of beans and uh, what other things? Lots Mm. of nice things. Yes, it'll all be fine. Well... That fundamentally is my default position with things in life. And I think you know this, but my normal Buddhist resolve has been sorely tested, sorely tested this year. I'll tell you what. But anyway, um, shall we go to the telephone lines, Lucy? Let's. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Claire. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham. I've just really been enjoying this week listening to Linda at her absolute magnificent best, getting people to do the show uh, on the whole. Not everyone, but generally very persuasive. And it caused me to reflect on why I enjoy hearing Linda worm her way around people and manipulate them, but I don't enjoy hearing Rob do the same charms them into the show and then later on she kind of exactly bullies them but she definitely pushes them around a bit uh, and makes it all happen and we kind of enjoy listening to that but when Rob charms people and then perhaps you know pushes them around a bit we find it completely distasteful um I can't quite put my finger on how it's different obviously Rob's a complete narcissist and it's all about him whereas Linda has the sort of broader kind of uh, aiming mind around, you know, the good of the village and putting on a show and all of this. Uh, And she puts in a lot of her own effort too, of course. But yeah, I just wondered whether uh, there was any feeling on why it's okay to listen to Linda manipulate people, but it's not okay to listen to Rob. Yeah, keep up the good work. See you soon. Bye. Claire, I think it's okay to listen. When Linda does her charming coerciveness... Mm -hmm. She's not doing it for herself. She is doing it for herself, but she's doing it for a greater good. And she genuinely... Oh, God, it's hard. I was going to say she genuinely thinks that the person, the outcome for the... That they will actually enjoy it when they do it. But that's actually Rob's kind of um, uh, modus operandi as well. So, or his... What he he, he claims is his, is, is his intention that, that, that actually if everyone just listened to him, they'd all be better. Um... I don't know in that case, because I've just backed myself into a corner, why it's okay to listen to Linda being charming and not to hear Rob. But I think because... No, because Linda is doing this whole thing. Ultimately, she gets a whole load of self-worth out of the fact that she's she's a director. But actually, she believes in community and community spirit. And, mm. and, and it serves that purpose as well. That's a yeah. way of bonding the village together and keeping a village tradition together. Whereas Rob is as fundamentally just out for himself, full stop. Yeah. And and, Lin, and Linda can read people and uh, and can cajole them. She can get them yeah. to do things that they don't necessarily want to do, but she always does it kind of with humour and, you know, and, 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 and with insight, whereas Rob is just a bludgeon. It, yeah. yeah. There, there is no compar- comparison between the two. No. So there we go. That's mm-hmm. your answer, Claire. Uh, Chris, now... Hi, Chris here. Um, Trophesis24 on the Twitters. Occasional caller in error. Just ringing with a quick prediction about Rob and the way things are probably going to build towards Christmas. I reckon that he uh, is probably going to try and go to one of the panto performances from Linda's inevitable production, which is slowly creaking its way forward to the stage. He's either going to take massive offence at one of the lines or something that's said probably by Justin. He'll see it as a massive betrayal and blow up in front of half of the community. Either that, or he'll try and attend the same performance that Helen's probably going to take the boys to, and there'll then be a big fight of probably between the various members of the Archers clan, who will no doubt be in the audience. Anyway, see how things build up towards Christmas, but that's my thoughts on how it might go. Keep up the good work. Bye. He reckons the Daily Mod's going to be Rob going to uh, uh, Helen going to the pantomime with the boys, Ooh. and Rob being there, and then there'll be a fight. Oh, I thought something. What? Have you heard about that film, Arrival? No. Yes. Well, it's supposed to actually be quite good and quite a philosophical level. 
and um, it looks at because these aliens just kind of arrive, but it's not like an, an alien sh- an alien shoot 'em up. It's not like that, and it's kind of quite clever about language. And if aliens did um, actually, you know, appear on planet Earth, actually, how would they communicate with us? So there's loads of linguistics and ph- philosophy in it. I want to go and see it, and I'm stuck in Birmingham until I get my visa sorted. So if anybody wants to go and see Arrival with me on a school night this week. Feel free to tweet me from the Birmingham area. <clears throat> Meanwhile, back in Ambridge, Chris's prediction is that Bob <laughs> will go turn up at the pantomime on the same night as Helen and the boys and that there will be a fight between the archers and Rob. I don't think there'll be another fight. I can't see that happening. Mm. Uh, he could well turn up and he could well get set upon verbally yes and that may be the thing that provokes him i'm still hanging on to this thing that he's going to abscond with giddy jack mm. well I, I i i don't know however we've got clusters of listeners around around the norwich area so i suggest people that um if you're in norfolk and you want to meet up with fellow archers fans um you uh look at the tractor map and then message each other furiously what's this got to do with the show hmm what are you talking about? Tractor, our map, where people pin yes, themselves Yes, I know, no, but what's that got to do with Chris's call? Because I'm fed up of talking about Rob Titchener and abductions. Oh, I yeah, see. I, I avoid it because okay. actually the big malevolence in the village is actually Justin. Justin. Yeah. Oh, you're Rob... really really convinced of this theory, no, aren't you? No, absolutely got it. And the script writers... Uh, tipped us the wink last year with the whole Wicker Man thing. It's uh-huh. him. Uh-huh. And whilst I will say it's taken us all in, all in. So my little Lillian has given oh. given herself to him, you know, body and soul. And I actually think right. And now I'm going out on one because this this thing with Justin is just pure fact as far as I'm concerned. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. Pure fact. Right. However, this is a little bit. Of, supposition from me when she realizes what an evil evil git he is we might see the return of the pussycat and tiger combo i think really yeah 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 that that's just me i'm hoping now that's just me hoping ah well yes that would be good that would be great exactly Exactly, because we all know that that was just done and finished with undue haste, and it was yeah. and it was done in such a way that you know it could easily kind of come back. Yeah, um, we thought that Justin was a Matt replacement. He's not. Matt was a little bit dodgy and a bit woo and a bit way, and he cut corners, but you know he wouldn't be taking on some village rapist and giving him a sucker, so to speak. No, uh, he you know he wouldn't at all. You know, so no, this is a, a whole level of nastiness that I don't want in my archers. Justin Elliott, oof, don't like you, mate. Anyway, who's next, Lucy? <laughs> uh, another Claire. Mm-hmm. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Hertfordshire. Um, I haven't called him for a while, but I'm calling him with a plot prediction. Uh, having listened to the archers on Wednesday night and I think it was Wednesday night and Helen was talking about Kat and uh, the fact that she gets out soon and I think that Kat is going to come to Ambridge and possibly become the tenant of One the Green or whatever Will's house is Um, and I think that she's going to get a new start in Ambridge and perhaps work in the shop or at the farm or something and there'll be lots of interesting storylines around uh, people's prejudices uh, against the slightly common cat um, anyway I think it's going to be great to have her in the village and hopefully she's going to come and I can't wait uh, still loving the show, thanks very much, bye Has tenant of number one the green, everybody in the world has at some point live and lived at number one the green I, it's my turn next month apparently um, but so she reckons well yeah I think it would be lovely if Kaz moved to the village we need a f- oh no do we need a few more single women because they always have to sort of balance things out don't they tom and kirsty are going to get back together again so that mm. knocks kirsty out as a single woman alice and chris are together 
case. That's a rather old-fashioned view. What? Just because she's going to knock out his sprog doesn't mean that she has to be with him. It's a bit 1940s of you there, Lucy. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, for the next year, she's if she is preggers, she's not going to be dating, is she, for the next year? Hmm. So tell me about you. Yes, I'll just move the baby off my boob. Hang on a minute. You know, it's sort of, yes. <laughs> It, it does make things really. a, li- a little bit more complicated, but yes. we live in complicated times, don't we? We do, but the Arches isn't that complicated, really. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The, um, the president-elect of America, many people accuse him of assault. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I could go on. Uh, <laughs> racism uh, is a bit of a psychopath, um, is a, definitely a narcissist. You know, massive, massive character flaws and normal social impediments don't stop people from doing anything anymore. So Rob could well end up becoming chair of the parish council. Listen, 2016 (laughs) has taught us that anything is possible. Yeah, yeah. It probably won't happen this year or this side of Christmas, but never say never. (laughs) Um... Can I just say, though, right, and I know I, I can kind of somewhat deliberately breaking up your train of thought and you're doing a, a masterful job in actually keeping this show together because I'm just freestyling because I'm, I'm still just like reeling from, from all the body blows I'm taking and every aspect of my life, right? However, um, Oliver Sterling, and I know this was said last week, that there, there is a One Nation Tory I can get behind. Right? Yeah, yeah. What a lovely, decent human being. Yes. And I want him to bop Justin Elliott on the nose and kick him in the goodies as well at some point. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's go back to you um, listening to what the listeners have actually got to say and then answering them in proper in a proper manner and then I'll just shut, shut up. Okay, over to you, Lucy Freeman. I think that it is not very likely that Cassie's going to come to Ambridge, but I would quite like it if she did mm-hmm. because I think that's part of a storyline that's that's gone and I'm not sure we're going to bring that back. Especially if this new vetty person comes. Mm. The reason why that thought's been put put our way is because Kaz has been mentioned post that bit of the storyline. So they are actually teasing it, aren't they? Yes. Mm. Yes. I'm loving Helen sounding more and more confident and happy, although she has wobbles. And I loved the other day when she said she was looking out of the window of the dairy. Mm-hmm. And she said, I am feeling... Cont-. Her mum said, are you okay or something? And she said... Yes, I am content. And I thought, hooray, that is where she should be. She's not, she stopped trying to be the best da, 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 in the world, the world's most perfect mother, the world's most perfect wife, the world's most perfect woman, the world's thinnest woman, the world's best woman, the world's most competent woman. She's just, she's, she's doing a bit of mindfulness. She's doing a bit of I am content where I am right now at this minute. I am content. And that's lovely. That's exactly where she needs to be. And it was a really nice touch. That was, I was very happy about that. Uh, Glyn. Good evening, Dumpty Dum. Uh, Our rock of sanity in this Brexit, Trumpian, post-truth world. It's Glyn here. Last week in the Harriet and Lucy podcast, I think mention was made of Westworld and the similarities between that and the Archers. And I must admit, I'm a few episodes of Westworld behind. But apart from the fact that both characters, both uh, series regularly feature uh, characters uh, on horseback, I'm not sure I'm really seeing the similarities there. But then on to the archers. Um, This week, we learned that um, David had turned down the uh, chance to appear in the panto, which should be no great surprise. Because, let's face it, David and Ruth are not that community-minded. If it's not something to do with farming or Brookfield, they just aren't involved, are they? I did mention this on uh, Twitter, and Cosmo pointed out that David had once played a dwarf uh, in one of Linda's productions. But I'm afraid a small part in a panto really doesn't cut it when it comes to community spirit. So, you know... David and Ruth, um, look look at Phil and Jill's example. You know, Phil was not only a stalwart of uh, St. Stephen's Church, um, he played the organ for years, he did all the music for the pantos, and uh, he was even a magistrate. And Jill, well, you know, 
we know about her efforts for the WI over the years. So, so look at them uh, and then get out there, join the community. Who knows? You might enjoy it. Well, anyway, to all, uh, to Lucy Royfield, all the team at Dumpty Dum who cannot be faulted for lack of community spirit and all Dumpty Dummers, have a great week. Thank you. Glyn, if, if me and Harriet are the rock of sanity, then the world's in a bad way, mate. Um, <laughs> it wasn't us talking about Westworld and Ambridge because uh, it was, it was um, oh, what's it called? Stranger Things. That's what it was. Um, mm. that, uh, that, that Shambridge's was whittling on about, not Westworld. Um, well, I know he, you're saying that David and Ruth have no community spirit, but David is chair of the parish council. Ruth has absolutely none. You're right. She's just, but then, you know, she does also do the lion's share, or well, she did, the lion's share of the sort of the, the, the food and the shopping and the looking after people and making sure everyone's got a clean shirt for the next day. So um, it's not oh, really Oh, she never did to... that. She never ironed. Or put anything in the washing machine. I just said clean. I didn't say ironed. Oh, but I that's think, true. I bet they all had those drip dark dry shirts that, mm. that set on fire if you if you tumble dry them because they're so full of nylon. But I think um, if yeah, she. But it's not really fair to 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 make her take care of the entire village as well because you know Jill did, but Jill was never a farmer. Jill was that was her job. Um, uh, yeah, David's chair of the parish council, and he tends to get very uh, community-minded when it's something that affects Brookfield, as you said. So when it was the um, the Route B thing, then he sort of flew into a, a flurry of emailing and things like that. But most of it's, you're right, most of it is spent around marketing his own farm and marketing uh, sort of I, the family I, I, brand I, rather than the village. I, I don't know if I'd entirely agree with that. I, I don't know. All that round about the culvert time... Um, he was filled with the whole kind of uh, a mission of yeah, trying to free stuff, wasn't it? Really, the flooding. Mm. He, he said the flooding happened because of Route B. He was trying to find the oh, oh, Okay, okay, okay. Right. So let's say that I'm completely wrong about that, and you know, I'm kind of trying to grasp at the nuance of exactly what went on back then. But the big difference for me between David and Ruth, and I have mentioned this before is that the character of Ruth fundamentally has no other so meaningful social interaction with any other character outside of the family other than Usha. And the mm-hmm. Usha um, interactions are pretty scant at best. Yeah. So she's almost in a bit of a character cul-de-sac. You know, it's Jill, yeah. it's Pip, it's Josh, Ben doesn't exist, it's David, that's it. You know, then the odd, the odd little bit of, oh, what's your brother Kenton been up to? Yeah. And, and I actually think that's partly one of the reasons why a lot of people, a lot of listeners actually dislike the character because she is actually kind of shunted off into a bit of a corner. Whereas somebody like Tony, Tony, Tony talks to obviously his sisters and to Brian and to people in the pub, etc. And, and, and even Rob. So if you looked at his character connections tony would have much more than ruth you know and i actually i think because ruth hardly a mad axe murder is she but you know people just don't like her and and actually it's because as a character she never really spreads a wing she she doesn't go in for the the christmas play the panto she doesn't do the parish council stuff she doesn't go to church she doesn't so she doesn't have these little aside scenes where you gleam a little bit more about her just being a human being there's always a point uh, to Ruth and and I think that's partly one of the reasons why she's one of the least uh, loved characters really mm. yeah but anyway whatever the whole world's burning down around us Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Ellen who is a vet Hi Dumpty Dum, it's Ellen, um, the vet from a very cold Glasgow. Um, just ringing to say that I'm really enjoying the uh, veterinary storyline at the moment with um, Alistair and Anisha Jayakudi. Yeah, it's really good, I'm enjoying it. Um, a couple of things, it's funny to hear your own profession talked about on a you know popular radio show. A couple of things, they went... The first thing when they were having the meeting and then Alistair had to run off to see Bartleby because he had colic and um, she seemed very shocked about this. 
that's that's really not a, an unusual thing to do. A colic is an emergency. Like you you would go to a colic straight away, even if you're you're worried your client wasn't going to pay you or whatever that. So I'm not quite sure why she was so shocked, but Alistair ran off to see Bartleby. Then this week we've had uh, interleukin one on the arches, which I never thought I'd hear. <laughs> not a, a combination I ever thought would happen. Yeah, now I'm not an equine specialist, so I could be completely wrong about this. And if there's any dumpty jammers out there who know better, then please correct me. But I thought that interleukin treatment, which is called IRAP sometimes, is sort of mainly indicated for early onset quite mild or moderate arthritis which I'm guessing Bartleby as he's 502 or have old he is um, probably gone beyond having moderate, mild to moderate arthritis but uh, but anyway we shall see when, when she manages to miraculously cure Bartleby uh, with his with her interleukin 1 treatment then I shall be eating my hat and, uh, and we will use quote the archers as evidence based medicine Anyway, that's all. Bye-bye. She's our second vet, isn't she? We've got another vet somewhere. Mm. I can't remember where. Um, oh, the, it's the, the other vet used the, used the whisper. The whispering remember, she, vet? She, she wasn't very loud. Oh, yes. The whispering vet. Yeah. She was the animal whisperer. Oh, and um, she's moved to Glasgow now. She's very English and she called in and she wasn't very loud and you said you're whispering and then she said, now I've moved to Glasgow, I'm the, I'm the whispering vet or whatever. Anyway, I digress. Um, I digress. Um, no, this was Ellen. Ellen lives in Glasgow. No, the other, well, the other vet, I'll tell you what, right, if they were both on tractor, right, they could actually go, they'd realise this and they could go and like meet yes, up, but have I a coffee. I think they're the same one. Really? I think we're both talking about the same vet. Oh, we anyway, probably are. Sorry, Ellen. Um... Yes, well, it could be early onset arthritis in Bartleby, but it has only just started because the lump has only just appeared, hasn't it? So does early, does it mean that if you're an old horse, you probably had arthritis for a long time, but no one's noticed? Or can you be a young horse and have arthritis for ages? I don't know. You're the vet. Why am I trying to answer that? But... uh. It's quite interesting hearing all this weird, you know, you know, all that stuff about extracting the blood and and putting the antibodies back in and everything. It's all quite interesting, I think. Mm. And it reminds you that you're actually listening to a proper farming show rather than just a load of middle class people wittering on about, you know, how hard it is to, uh, uh, you know, get, um, get over sell rape. their. Yeah, well, yes. And also sell their um, half a million pound stables. Blah blah blah, and how to manipulate your way into buying the whole village. Yes, using... you've channeled all your Trump hate into Justin, haven't you? You're so clever. I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> if I was that clever, you wouldn't have had to wait, though, would you? <laughs> no, nah. so I'm not. Uh, now we are talking of Trumpy Trump. We have an email from somebody. Who is it from? Julie Harvey, who said. This is about me wishing on about Trump last week. She said, I just wanted to mention with regard to the US election results, the majority, in fact, voted for Hillary Clinton by, I believe, about a million votes. She won the popular vote. It was the weird electoral college system that threw it the other way. If that is any consolation. Love to you all at Dumpty Dum and all Dumpty Dummers. Thank you, Julie. It is no consolation because we have still ended up with a psycho in the White House. But uh, it's good to know. I know what you mean, that... We must not give up on humanity because they did actually more of them, more of the sane people voted for Hillary. So, Mm. yes. I had a rather long and interesting conversation last Monday with an associate professor um, at a university in Missouri who's a very sane uh, bloke, um, lovely guy, goes to church every Sunday, um, believes in the stars and stripes and apple pie, who who voted for Trump. And and I think it's one of the things, I know you, you say this in jest, and it's very much an, an offhanded comment, but one of one of the things that us liberal uh, types need to do is not demonise everybody that actually voted mm-hmm. for, for that man, because they weren't all idiots, but le- uh, lurking underneath the rock of support for Trump are some truly nasty, and to call them alt-right 
is just does such a disservice you know they are actually just just fascists and, and just racists and just absolutely horrible people but not all people that voted for that man were even aware of that and and, not, and they're not all nutters but i just think that we just have to be careful and just not say that they're all nutters because you know 49 percent of the population of the voting population of america cannot be mad you know mm. but we, we have to under- well but they're it's not unlikely it, but they're not though and we have to understand the reasons for them voting the way that they did and I, the one thing i would say about donald trump is an absolute genius in terms of uh positioning himself and the triangulation of politics and taking uh two bits of policy from from the right and then the nuance of something from the left uh dressing yourself up as, as somebody new to be uh, the champion of of the working man even though you were born into billions and you've never he's never done a decent day's work in his life um never even caught a bus a cho- uh, the subway anything like that in his whole life but says you know going to be the protector of of the working class mm. but he but he spoke to people on such an emotional level that anybody with um any level of higher education just said mm. this makes bigly no- that was my favorite bigly exactly it, it just <laughs> ma- made no sense to us because it wasn't aimed at, at mm. people like like you and i so again i say we just have to be slightly careful calling everybody nutters because this professor was not a nutter he was wrong but he wasn't a nutter anyway if you want to go and listen to that interview you can go on to mid-atlantic haha <laughs> idea of a subtle pun a subtle a subtle plug ending yes. with haha <laughs> <laughs> actually oh, i had a very lovely email today from somebody who i'm just going to quickly get it up i wasn't going to say this but from colin who lives in Florida, who was actually born, uh, he's originally from London, but married a, a Brummie lass. Uh, and he lived in Coles Hill in Birmingham for 23 years and now he lives in Fort Myers in Florida, who um, listened to listened to Mid-Atlantic and was basically telling me about um, the fact that Donald Trump you know, appeal to heart voters and the democrats are all about head you know they're doing the right yeah. thing but it's very much you know from a from a head perspective um a very long email and i'm gonna have to um big him up on on mid-atlantic and then he finished it up by saying these are only my views i hope the next time uh we talk we won't have to talk about all this crap and um, we just we can get back to old-time elections keep up the good work on this and dum-de-dum Oh. Yeah, it really surprised me because it was all about Trump and Russia and Syria and Brexit. And he just mentioned dum dum right at the end. So big wave to you, Colin. There Hello, you go. Colin. Colin. I shall wave to And he supports Aston Villa. Yeah, you shitbag. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just... His Steve Bruce... in the spotlight didn't last, but the limelight didn't last very long, did it? <laughs> you shit bag <laughs> no no villa are doing all right you know i'm a Birmingham city fan but villa aren't villa aren't evil they're just they're just wrong but anyway uh, so is it time for us to go and have a little advertisement break it is burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. 
I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, then. See you on the other side, then, Juicy Loose. I'll have a sip on my camp coffee. Day everyone. Not much to tell you from the forum this week. It's been a bit quiet, probably a leftover from our hacking problem. Uh, but the Facebook page has just been buzzing, so let's go straight there. Uh, we've been. I, I wondered if anybody had had any reasonable um, experience with online dating, and did they have any tips to share with Roy? And wow, did that start a fantastic conversation? Uh, Yokel Bear said that we had to settle in for this. Here are some of his online dating stories. The guy who brought his pet snake with him on the date, and that's not a euphemism. The guy who combined a lunch date with dragging me around the shop so he could buy a dressing gown, and then ended the date once he found out they didn't have the one he wanted in his size. The guy who brought his ex-wife along to check her wasn't a psycho. The cinema date with the guy who cried all the way through the film. The film was Rise of the Planet of the Apes and he chose the film. And the guy who stood me up at a restaurant but was good enough to phone me two days later to explain he'd been busted by the police for drug dealing. My advice to Roy, don't try Grinder. Fiona Siobhan Powell also said, I have, I tried it six months, about 11 years ago. What a disaster at first. The disastrous dates, and there are some funny and awful stories in there have become part of her repertoire of stories. But here's the advice she would offer Roy. The first date should be a short daytime meetup somewhere like a coffee house where you can run like hell if it gets weird. I've had to. Be kind but be honest and don't judge too quickly because sometimes an awkward first date can lead to a terrific second date. But if there is no chemistry, don't say you'll call her when you won't. Fantastic advice. Uh, Helen O'Neill met her husband through online dating. His picture was lousy. His profile said nothing about him, but I replied to his message. We chatted online, then phoned each other for hours. Met two weeks later. He moved in three weeks later and proposed four weeks after that. Just be yourself, Joy. Roy, you'll meet someone who loves your boringness. Look, there were lots of other stories on there. Really encourage you to go and have a look. We also wondered who was the must-have villager in the Christmas panto as Lindy ran around trying to get people to join. And somebody did ask the question that I've always wondered, which is, Pete Ransom said, I've got a better question. If Lindy recruits all and sundry, who's left to watch the bloody thing? In my experience, it tends to be Clary who's watching the bloody thing, but it's a very good question. Uh, Helen Sanson said Toby and Rex as the ugly sisters. Karen Cunningham would like Bartleby. Joe Andrews got to be Joe Grundy, 95, as Baron Hardup. Denise Tomlinson would like uh, Kenton. Uh, Peter Mabbott, Brian playing Widow Twanky. Uh, many more suggestions. And then Hannah May said Lillian just for her laugh. Got to agree with you, Hannah. Love Lillian. She can laugh as much as she likes as far as I'm concerned. But some great suggestions there. Uh, then we also wondered about Brian Aldridge as a Dane because uh, Lindy was having problems getting uh, someone to play the Dane or possibly Jim and you have some great suggestions there. Uh, Pete Ranton said it's going to be Rob the Titchy Knob. Uh, Witherspoon said I wonder if it will be that walking and talking self-promoting self-advertising sign at Toby. Glenn Fuller Love said Brian as Dane. Bring it on. Jim is more of a disgruntled old wizard. Do they have one of those in Mother Cruz? <laughs> Uh, Claire Asprey said, the idea of Rob taking the lead role will mobilise someone else to do it. Good point. Rob will only want to do it at the absolute last minute, thereby being the village hero and saving the show. And three, I suspect that the Jane role is a bit too effeminate to appeal to Rob. Hmm. Uh, that's a good point, Claire. And Zoe, I'm going to give her... Oh, actually, I'm going to give her the penultimate word. Zoe Picton said, Rob is the damned, not the dame. Nice one. And Leslie Greaves, of course, has to have the last word. She says, he's behind you. 
Anyway, great chatting. That There's way more on there. I just didn't have time for everyone. Please get onto the forum because we do like to have some in-depth uh, discussion on the forum, but also get onto the Facebook page because I'm at a very difficult time in teaching in Australia. We're writing reports and we've got exams and things, so you make me giggle. You are what make my day worthwhile at the moment. So until next week, hooroo! Millie Bell, as always, thank you. That was wonderful. Um, Lucy, um, hit us with some tweets. Uh, Pajama Llama mm-hmm. said, I feel sorry for Tony having to put up with Rob every week. Shall we set up a rota? I can do next Wednesday morning. Hashtag spreadsheet. <laughs> and that's excellent. We'll all take it in turns. It is not fair on Tony. Uh, mm. Joanna Alcott said, Roy wouldn't feel a spark if you stuck a firework up his ass." <laughs> this is also true He'd that's kind of... not true that's not true he had a little bit of a spark when he was hanging out with, with his old missus with the old with the mother of his of his oldest daughter didn't he with Kate yeah, he remember did. there's he a did. little yeah. bit of a spark yeah. he felt yeah. it but anyway yeah. very funny tweet though um now we mm. have uh Chris Borrell who said an end to mob grazing. Does that mean from now on it'll be sit-down meals for the Grundies? <laughs> <laughs> um, Magnetic Flea uh, was talking about um, uh, Toby. And she said, she was talking to Emily Thomas about Toby. And she said, he'd have been better off attempting to seduce Jill. Mmm, cakey sex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what cakey sex is, but it sounds ace. Um and uh, Alison, Nazilla 63 is our tweet of the week. Mm. And she said, I am buying Brian a self-strangling cravat for Christmas if he doesn't loosen up. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of him slowly going purple being strangled, throttled by his own cravat. Excellent. Um, yes, I don't quite know why Brian is being such an arsehole about all this... Um, Oh, about this, this um, uh, uh, the herbal lay stuff, the the mm. soil. He's he's really, really on a. Da- I mean, Adam needs a bit of support at the minute, and and you know, um, Brian sort of only stops stamping on his foot to kick him in the nuts, really, doesn't he? He's kind of he never ever just lays up on it. Mm. And whenever anything went well, even when they did the visit and all the farmers came and said, "Oh yes, that's that's very good. There's lots of soil there. Well done." Um, even then. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it was the hell they did even then um you know he said oh well they're all they're all they were all just bit just, just yeah nice they're all you know they're all they're the converted rare. weren't they yeah it, mm. and i thought blimey give the poor bugger a break it's because he, he was trying to make sure that it, because he kind of feels embarrassed about the helen and rob thing i think you know, oh dear, my family is causing a stir, and my fat, and he's he's still a bit too much of a snob, and still too much wanting to impress Justin, to actually kind of, he's still got that kind of I still want to appear to be the uh, the squire and the one in charge, and the you know the 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 um sort of the baro you know the head of the baronial hall sort of thing, and mm. uh, and he doesn't and he so it, it it's making him vulnerable. Rob made him vulnerable. Rob's connection with Helen made him vulnerable, and then Adam... I think you might be overthinking thinking this, right? What? I just think <laughs> you know, me. yeah, I know you overthinking <laughs> the archers. Who'd have thought? Now, like me, for, not that I know anything about anything. If it's not a map, right? I don't really understand it all. You know, so or some bit of arcane history about Tsar Nicholas II's foreign policy circa nine, you know, 1906, which I actually helped my issue with the homework. Tsar Nicholas II and, his, and the policy of the Russian government, 1906 to 1917. I give that a good stab. However, this is my take on the whole Brian thing and the, uh, the, the farm walk thing. I just think it's as simple as this. Brian's an old school farmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what Adam's doing is new, right? Mm-hmm. And the results are somewhat patchy. That's that you know that's fact, and Adam is admitting that. But it just looks shitty. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it, and, and it <coughs> just looks. Ooh, you're all right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, I really and it myself just, backwards off my desk then. <laughs> and it just kind of looks embarrassing, Allah. 
Um, somebody who is, let's say, a traditional gardener who's got a manicured lawn, etc. Yeah. And then somebody who's a bit kind of newfangled and has got wild this and wild that, but they're meant to look a little bit kind of messy and it's supposed to look a little bit more like nature. That's the way it kind of makes sense to me, that the old fangled farmer with his, farm, sorry, gardener, with his manicured lawns and his dafts in all the right place, looks at that and says, oh, that's a bit mess. And this person, that's a bit of a mess. And then the other person says, no, 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 no. It's supposed to look a little bit like this because it's supposed to, you yeah. know, it's supposed to be more in keeping with nature. That's the way it kind of makes sense to me. Okay. I, I don't think it's got anything to do with Rob and Helen. Okay. No, that would make sense. He's just made a really, really messy field. <laughs> Exactly. And Brian is just fundamentally embarrassed. Right. Yes. However, because of the very nature of what Adam is trying to do, um, the results aren't short term in terms of product yields, etc. And um, the land, the soil needs to recover, doesn't it? And you're not using certain herbicides, pesticides, etc, etc. So when things are growing, they're not as big and as not as vibrant looking as before, but actually they're probably more healthy. Yeah. That's Quite. just Listen my, I know no, I'm the city Mr. boy. Give me some concrete Very and tarmac good. and I'm at home. <clears throat> You're obviously learning. Mm-hmm. Um, is it time for us to start wrapping things up? Yes, it is. I'm losing my voice. Mm, I can tell. Right. It's time for me to say, right. There's a thing called dumdydum.com. Go there. Oh, folks, this is what, uh, we're going to do um, obviously uh, we had our big um, everything was down uh, for a few days um, everybody will be thanked uh, properly next week because some donations did come in last week after the Lucy and um, Shambridge show, Harriet. Harriet show sorry um, so I'm going to thank everybody there is this spreadsheet because I know spreadsheets are the thing of the moment in and around the archers uh so um if you've donated in the last two weeks uh you'll be on next week's show um com is up so that's awesome go there for your dumdum.com stuff though funnily enough royfield.com is down mm. but anyway oh. yeah so maybe that's some hangover of the uh of the malicious kid don't you know um now I'm not going to bang on about ways you can help us help keep the show on the road uh, other than to say this. Lucy and I have been talking, folks, um, and I hit Lucy with an idea and I'm going to throw this out to you. Um, I don't see as how we've got any other choice but to do this. Um, many other podcasts do things in a similar way whereby you have your key podcast and it is free and then you have members only content, which is behind a paywall. Now, so that we don't have to go cap in hand to you people uh, again, um, I suggested to Lucy that we, um, when we do big interviews with members of the cast, that what we'll do is we'll put a, um, a decent sized snip, it may be 15 uh, minutes or so, actually on the main Dum Dum show, but then do a special show which would be behind um, a paywall. That way, I think then both of us can feel a little bit more at ease as opposed to us saying oh my god our website's collapsed uh can you just give us money so then that would be members only content which people would have to pay for now if you if you already give us a subscription via patreon or on paypal automatically automatically you'd be upgraded to that so you wouldn't have to worry that's what i think we're going to do we haven't exactly decided that we are going to do it but i can't see any other way around it because the show does take up not only time but actually resources and it's one thing you know from one week to the next we can kind of say no this costs you know next to nothing but if we need to pay somebody to get the website back up to suite so people can actually listen to the podcast, and then that does cost. And we realise we are actually, though we're doing this uh, for our love and the passion of the archers, um, we need to be a little bit more grown up and business-like about it. So um, this is your time to maybe ping me an email to say, hmm, Royfield, I think that's a, a bad idea, or there is another way around this and whatever. So um, ping us an email if you've got any thoughts about it, other than I think that's crap. Feel free to say that you think it's a bad idea, but we need solutions, <laughs> right? Because um, what we don't want to do is every six months uh, be going cap in hand and saying, please, please give us money. All right, so there you go. I think 
um, members only content but specifically it would be interviews with members of the cast but if you're a regular Dumpty Dum listener you wouldn't be uh, completely cut out of it you'd get maybe like 15 minutes of it and then there'd be like an hour long interview show uh, for members that pay so um, don't forget folks uh, this show is nothing other than just Lucy being brilliant and me just kind of going mm, and ah and talking about maps and, and politics um, if you don't get on to uh, speak pipe or even send us a voice message and you can send us a voice message by calling 0203 0313105 to leave us that said voice message on social media specifically Twitter you can find us where we're at dum dum me I'm at Roy Field Harriet is at Sandwiches and I am at Lucy V. Freeman. Awesome. On the Book of Faith, uh, you can go find us by simply typing in Dumdy Dum. And Millie Bell is Queen of the Roost over there on the Book of Faith, talking about queens. How far have you got with the crown, Luce? Uh, absolutely nowhere. And now I need to go because I need to go and chair a governor's meeting. All right. You go. And then I'm going to say goodbye to our listeners because I love the crown. OK. Goodbye, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit sniffy about about the crown first off and I just thought to myself, this thing should be on the BBC, it's not a Netflix type of show. You don't want to Netflix and chill to this, it's actually very good. And I take back everything that I might have said beforehand. So I, I recommend, if you've got nothing else to do with your time, and as the winter nights are drawing in, get over onto Netflix if you haven't done so already and watch The Crown. Because yes, it's a great PR job for our royal family, but it does present them in a somewhat believable characters that just happen to wear crowns on their heads. But also you get slices of British history, social history and political history and uh, things like the London smog of night. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 1953, etc. So anyway, The Crown is rather good on Netflix. Goodbye, dear listener. See you all again in seven days time.